Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Kieran from the Sherlock's and we have a great chat. Um, before we get on with that chat, I'm just going to do a quick few thank yous. So thank you to... I'm Carver for um, sorting this episode out. Um, big thanks to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. And thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. Um, if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track, then um, when you get to the end of uh, today's episode with Kieran, uh, go and explore the back catalogue. Because um, if you like people talking about music and, and their creative journeys, then I've spoke to... Well over 300 um, of your favourite musicians, artists, comedians, producers, artists as diverse as um, James Acaster, Ed Gamble, Maxine Peake, Thomas Turgus, um, through to musicians such as the Foo Fighters, Motley Crue, Suede, Idols, Sleaford Mods, Fatboy Slim, um, producers such as Butch Vig, um, yeah, there's 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 an abundance of ace chats to be enjoyed. So um, you can uh, go and get stuck in. Um, also, if you'd like to support the podcast, there's many ways you can do that. Um, and we're on all the socials, so give us a like, love, share, retweet. Um, that's all really, really helpful. Um, and if you'd like to support it in another way whilst getting even more content, then I have a Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon dot com forward slash off the beat and track and over there um you'll have access to maybe sort of 250 um radio shows um we put all the video episodes of these podcasts uh, over on there as well you get upfront releases and and all manner of stuff over there and it's 79p a month um so yeah it's not it's not loads of money and uh, but it all goes in the pot to help help with the podcast so if you'd like to support the podcast um then uh, that's the best place to do it um and you can find out about that and you know the, the back catalogue of the normal releases that you can you can get for free and, and anything else merch and stuff your one-stop shop is www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com anyway should we get on with today's episode please enjoy off the beat and track podcast with kieran of the Sherlock's. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off the Beat and Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar 
from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The cacao bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. It me, stew with him. Okay, we are recording. Kieran, how are you doing today? I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, all right, mate. I can't, I can't complain. Um, I guess before we sort of get onto the playlist, it's an inevitable question to ask. But um, how have you found? I mean, we should also point out we're recording this on the thirteenth of. August and, and restrictions have been dropped and, and gigs are happening. Um, how have you found the last sort of 16 months, both personally and creatively? Uh, I think personally, I, I've been fine, to be fair. Um, obviously, a lot a lot of people haven't been and it's no one's benefited no one's benefited from it. I think it's been a nightmare for everyone. But personally, I've been I've been all right. I've been keeping busy at golfing and stuff like that, um, and drinking. <laughs> that what that what started lockdown, and then uh, yeah, and then it gets boring after a few weeks. So you have to find stuff to do. But that's probably where I started getting a bit more creative. But yeah, creatively, I think I think I've been more creative than ever to be honest probably writing more songs than ever I'm not sure if 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 other bands are like that but yeah for us it's been it's been like last year when when we went into lockdown for the first time like I say we had weeks of just it felt like a bit of an holiday like just staying in and then you just end up like drinking a lot and playing poker and stuff. that's what we were doing just having yeah. barbecues every night and stuff but um, yeah like after after a few weeks doing that, I just found myself writing songs all the time, and then even some songs, like recently, like literally up until this point, I'm still writing songs. So yeah, for us, it's, it's been it's been pretty good to be honest. And then throughout lockdown, we've just been like doing all the stuff that you can do, I suppose, like make music videos and yeah. getting into practice room when we can, and and just stuff like that. Just keeping busy, really. Did you, when you say you sort of started writing songs, it's really weird because I've probably interviewed a few hundred people, like musicians, over the last sort of 16 months, and I've always asked them that question. And and a lot of people, a lot of people said exactly what you just said. It started by just getting on the booze every night, and then that gets boring after a while. Um, but a lot of people felt like because it was the first time that they weren't touring and they had time to sort of stop. Yeah. Like some people thought, right, shit, like that's it. We're at a standstill now. I've got to write a record, 
and said that just didn't work. And, you know, I've had other people said that we just kind of just didn't do anything knee-jerk, just sort of rolled with it until it just sort of happened. Did you feel like that for you? It just started to naturally sort of come the songwriting? Yeah, I think so. I definitely weren't forced. It was, it, it's just weird, isn't it? It's, uh, I suppose there's been every outcome for different bands. Like you'll, There'll have been bands where after a few weeks, unfortunately, they've just ended up messaging, messaging each other or meeting up if they can and just calling it a day, which is yeah. sad. Like saying, let's just forget band. It uh, depends what level you're at and, and what how motivated you are and what other stuff you've got going off in your life. If you're juggling jobs or how much money you're making off it, you might be struggling anyway. So I don't know. But for us, um, we're in a good position. But um, I mean, for us, we've never really, we've never really wanted to do anything else. We've always been focused on it. And since me being 14 or younger, I've been in a band and then it's only after we started as a band in 2010, did did covers in pubs and clubs for like two, three years. And then we slowly started doing his own stuff. And then that's when we started getting a bit of momentum. So, I mean, to be honest, for us, the the idea of finishing the band, weren't it, it weren't even an option. Um but the whole the whole thing how it's worked out were just strange anyway. Like we went on tour in in February last year into March, and then on tour, uh, the old guitar player and the old bass player Josh and Andy, who were brothers, they they came to me and Brandon and said like we want to this is this is pre pandemic and all that's the weird thing, and um, they wanted to move on and do something else which we obviously respected. Uh, and then, like, literally in March or, or just after that, we went into lockdown. But it's just weird how it worked out because, like, that would have been a bit of a nightmare for me and Brandon having having to sort it a lot quicker. And we probably would have been going into gigs where we weren't ready for them as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, being told that you can't gig, well, it was sort of like a bit of a blessing for us. So it gave us time to to meet Trent and Alex and sort it and then since that point I mean we only had two practices and then we went into we went into Rockfield to do uh, his third album and then uh, yeah and then since then just been practicing so like obviously we, we have started gigging now but like all that time the longer it was going on that we we weren't able to gig we were just in practice rooms so it was like it were in our favour to be honest but yeah Ready to get back now, mate. Okay, well, let's start the playlist um, because you mentioned Rockfield and I think we can talk about that shortly. Um, for track one, Kieran, I'm going to ask you to tell me the song that you think has got the greatest ever intro, please. Do you want me to prompt you? Yeah, you're going to have to prompt me. Well, I'm sh- I'm pretty sure it was recorded at Rockfield. and uh, I don't know. Uh, it, Yeah, I, I put love... Sp- Love Spreads by Stone Roses. Yeah. I've had so many people... When I first set this podcast up, I thought, someone's going to say Love Spreads. Like, it's it's a, it's, an, it's got to be. Like, why has no one... I've had Fool's Gold, Resurrection, Sally Cinnamon. No one has chosen it in three years until today. So, I thought right. it was going to come a lot quicker than it did. So, uh, yeah. I don't know why no one's chosen it yet. It's uh, That's a monster intro, right? It is. It's a tune. It's an absolute tune. 
it's one of my favourite tunes. Um, it's just everything, isn't it? It's, it's the riff itself is just like how do you even write that? Like, yeah. bim, 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 it's class, and yeah, I, I feel like we're pretty. We've been to Rockfield Studios twice now. We did his debut album there, and we've done the third album there. And I don't know. I feel like we just we connected to Stone Roses a little bit. Like every time we go there, it sounds daft, but like when you when you're working in them kind of places, like it's almost like the walls are oozing with people that have been there. Like Oasis recording Morning Glory there, and Queen, and every Manic Street Preachers, Charlatans. Loads of people. Everyone's got their own bit of history down there. So when you're walking around, and you, especially if you're if you're like into music and you watch documentaries and stuff like that, and you you've seen footage of these people in that studio, it's just weird. So it motivates you a little bit when you're in studio. Like you just feel like you're in a special place, and then you just before you know it, you're all just buzzing anyway, and everyone starts coming up with with good ideas. Because the, 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 they put a documentary about a year ago, didn't they, about Rockfield? Have you seen that? I've seen it. We, we were in Rockfield when it got shown. Oh, really? Yeah, we were. We took a night off. Well, we didn't have a full day off. We, we finished working in studio a little bit earlier and said, oh, let's let's actually go and watch it. So we all walked up to to main house. It's, it's, if anyone's seen like Oasis documentaries and stuff, there's... That's apparently where Liam and Noel were having a fight in this house, and Liam setting a fire extinguisher off. That's the the place we were staying, and we sat. Yeah, we sat in there, and we uh, we all watched it, the Rockfield documentary, and had a few beers and that. Clocked off early and did that, so it was pretty special, to be That's honest. Wonderful, man. Yeah, it, it was a good night. Um, in. See, we we look at that intro there to, to Love Spreads, and that's kind of very sort of riff-driven, Zeppelin-esque, like, and the way that people were, were, were buying and listening to music when the Rosies wrote uh, The Second Coming is very different to how people listen and buy music now. Um, we we live in a world where it appears that attention spans are getting shorter, Um and with that in mind, when you approach songwriting, are these things ever a consideration when you're writing a song? Do you know where I'm going with that question? What, the the change in a I mean, concentration spans and stuff? And yeah, so. and the fact that we're seeing so many kind of records now start starting with a chorus and, you know, the, the, the traditional format of, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, mid, late, like, it seems maybe more important more pop music I guess but um, I just wonder if like you know to get on playlists it's like hook them quick and, and things like that is, is that any does that ever filter through into the process of you writing it does um, not so much in the writing I think I probably if, if it does filter into writing it's probably just naturally I've made three albums now so you get better at songwriting but I suppose I had a it wasn't a problem, but like a lot of early songs, I used to write different. <laughs> I don't know why. I used to end up with a different melody in second verse to what I did in first, which it's not a bad thing. It's just like that's just how I wrote songs. Um, sorry, I feel like I'm gonna sneeze. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, going into 
<laughs> going into the second album, um, we did it with James Skelly, and it weren't until he pointed it out. I, didn't, I never realised, like, we came to do wallet tunes, and they were like, you could really do it second, second, like, he was seeing this tune as a potential single as well. And he was like, uh, it might be worth making that second verse match up with the first with melody and stuff. He was like, it's completely different at the minute. So I ended up doing that. Um, and he gave me a few little tips and stuff like that. But, um... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I suppose, yeah, it is changing. But I think that's down to, like, when you go back to, not even as far as, like, the 90s, but, like, early 2000s when you had bands like Libertines. Like, I was a massive fan of Libertines and following that, Baby Shambles and stuff like that, but... Even all, the, even that early two thousand scene, like the Kaiser Chiefs and Artie Monkeys and that, guitar bands were the popular thing, weren't they? Like they were really? some massive bands back then, and an hour into them all. But now it's like it's more pop, or it's like grime, and it's almost like guitar bands are not. They haven't really been cool since that period. It's it's like guitar bands are constantly just banging on door, just hoping to get played and there's yeah. some that's brought through that have done well but like overall I think guitar bands find it a lot harder these days so the, that's probably why you end up with um, more hooky straight to point tunes from guitar bands a lot more because everyone's desperate to get to get played really and get, yeah. get on playlists which inevitably will make your band a bit bigger so yeah I think it's changing and that's probably why like in the 90s when like say when Second Coming came out stuff like that it was probably going to get played anyway and, and bands were a lot more they were a lot more cooler everyone were into it but I mean for somebody that was 40, who was 48 the anticipation of that Rosie's record coming we'd waited so long and it was like mm-hmm. what's it going to be like the, the honestly the, the, the Anticipation was ridiculous for a, you know a second stone rose because they'd set the bar so fucking high with that debut. It's like 
where are they going to go from there? And like, and then you, they drop love spreads, and it's like right from the office. Like fucking hell, where did that come yeah. from? Do you know what I mean? Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I want to take you back for track two, and I'm going to ask you to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Can you remember where you went with this? Yeah, I think I can because I was going to choose a few. Don't ask me to br- pronounce it, but. Um, well, I can't. I was thinking, I hope he knows how to pronounce this because I ain't got a clue. No, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. I had to, I had to search what the song was, but I knew, I knew the song. Um, it's a tune. It's a tune off a, a, an old British film uh, directed by Shane Meadows, who's one of my favourites. Uh, called "This Is England," and there's a lot of the soundtrack to that film. Full stop is class. Yeah. Like there's some some mint tunes on, but yeah, like. I don't know. It's not like a burst out crying, I hope, but um, it's definitely like one of the sadder songs on This Is England, and I've always liked that tune. Um, it's by a musician or a... Come on, uh, have a go, have a go. Something like... I don't, I don't even know. End Summer or In New... Let's have a look. Right, I've got... So I've got it on here. Let's have a look. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna have a go here with uh, Ludovico Ainordi. That's, That's what it. I'm gonna have a go at. And uh, yeah, you've, and, probably, you've probably got that. And it's uh, called uh, Fury Del Mondo. And uh, yeah, I think it wasn't just used in the film. I think it was used quite a lot throughout the series as well. I know there's some of the scenes with like um, Woody and Lowell. Uh, when it's getting seriously bleak, you know that that song generally kind of uh, is soundtracking it. It's a beautiful piece of music, isn't it? It is, yeah. There's, there's, I think he uses quite a few pieces as well by Ludovico. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's. to be honest, that's probably, even to this day, it's probably one of my favourite films. That. Right. I watching it thinking that's just, it's just a massive... It's just, it's class. I'll stick it every now and again. I, I, it's not like I watch it all the time because you drive us in, you get bored of it. But every few years, I'll find it out and put it on. I've got, and I watched all series following it and stuff like that. In fact, we, not not to name drop, but we, we play golf with Sean from This Is England, yeah. Tergoose. He with loves his golf, regularly. Tomo, doesn't he? Yeah, we, we, we play quite regularly when we can. When he's not busy and we're not busy, we, we try and meet up. We'll go down to Grimsby, and he he'll come up and play some of our courses. Or, or when Euros were on, um, we met up in Manchester a couple of times just to watch some matches and stuff like that. So yeah, he's a he's a good lad. He uh, he come on here and um, and he uh, he did choose a track from um, this is England. He chose um, oh I can't think who does it. This is the the, the reworking of. Uh, the Smiths, uh, please let me get what I want. Oh, oh yeah. I can't think of it is. But there's some beautiful records on that. That uh, film Regan's uh, Dogwood Blossom is a beautiful record that's used in This Is England. I think there's just... And that's without all the kind of... The, the two-tone and scar stuff in the film as well, which is just sounds so good. When you first see in that scene where they um, they shave Tomo's head for the first time and then they all walk out and he's got his little crombie on and you just hear the ska music as they're walking. So fucking cool. So yeah. cool. Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor. Egg Fried. 
it's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, and again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. Okay, right, track three. Uh, the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Right, what did I put for this? I put... I feel like I put a Baby Shambles song. I think you did. Let me just double check. Uh, Deli- delivery. That's right, you did. Yeah, that reminds me... Um, I was trying to think about this. Through, through school, I can't really remember because I was listening to loads. There were, there were a few dance tunes coming out at that time, but... Um, I've always been into I probably look like a bit of a weirdo at school because I think I was looking back the one who was only the only one into decent music everyone else were just you get a lot of people don't you that are just like if you said oh what you into they'll just be like anything Yeah. so they'll end up listening to just whatever the whatever's on which at my time were like probably just loads of probably stuff like uh Probably stuff like Dizzy Rascal and stuff like that. Not that there's all wrong with that, but I was like sat at computer sticking stuff like Killers on or yeah, Baby Shambles. Uh, the tune I chose that uh, a song called Delivery. I used to listen to that all the time. Like I don't know. I've always been into that. Um, I suppose. My memory of that is like going through school or what sounded it, it I, the tune comes more from like I continued and went to sixth form because there were a sixth form at my school as opposed to like getting on a bus and going to the nearest college. It was just easy for me to carry on carry on doing what I had been doing and just like, oh, I'll just stay on for sixth form here. So but a lot of people dropped out by this point, which left me just thinking like I literally there's no one here huh? no no one who I used to talk to was here really barring maybe one or two so I, in that time I'd spend a lot of time just listening to music rather than obviously knocking about with my mates and, and break times and stuff like that I'd just surround myself with music and just listen to it all all dinner break and stuff like that go and get me dinner get on a computer and just bang some baby shambles on and just do a bit of work or whatever so I think that's where that tune comes from. It sticks in my memory. I think that tune was like a, a, a big kind of change. I thought for Baby Shambles because up until then, I sort of Kilimanjaro and stuff like that felt very kind of, um, for want of a better word, shambolic, a more kind of loose like Libertines. And I think they brought Stephen Street in, didn't they, for that that album? And I think as soon as I think Delivery was the lead single as well. 
And as soon as like you heard that, it just felt like they'd kind of just tightened it up a little bit, and it felt more in line with what you know. I guess what Stephen Street had done with you know the, the Smiths and Blur and stuff like that. It felt more like a an indie pop single. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then what were the last record uh, prequel to the sequel or something? Yeah. We the. I was trying to get that on vinyl actually, but I can't find it anyway. It must be rare. But yeah, that we all colour splattered all over it and stuff. I think that same again. That that got even tighter. Still sounded like raw in places and still sounded. There's a lot of good tunes on that actually, mm. but that that got a little bit more produced and and that's a good record. No. So just talking about school while we're uh, on this track, like was that something you enjoyed? Yeah, uh, yeah, we're all right. I mean, going through school, I, I was like, most people were going to school and then up until a certain point, just going to house parties, whereas I was going to school, especially when he starts going to end of week, Thursday, uh, well, Friday especially, but even earlier sometimes, and I was going off playing gigs all weekend, like just just playing loads of gigs. So like when it came, I sort of missed out. I went to a few, don't get me wrong, but like I missed out on the going to school and then there's an house party at wherever like our hour off going to a working men's club in Barnsley or playing to I don't know sometimes it could be if it were local it'd be absolutely rammed and there'd be like five six hundred people turning up for us or if, if you play one in Doncaster there might be two men and a dog just sat there eating some pork scratches while you're trying to bash out a full set but it was good I think it, it it's all good it's all it were all an experience and I think it doing that for a two three years for one we're actually learning how to, <clears throat> learning how to play as instruments because we weren't that good no one's good when you first start and you you haven't really had any lessons so it, it, it got us better at playing together and it got us it got me like used to all scenarios, like playing to no one, playing to loads, playing to people who are chelping back at you and trying to give you some banter. And it, 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 it's just learning your craft, isn't it? So like now, if someone said something to me on stage, I know if it's worth ignoring or, or even like having a laugh with them or whatever. Like it's all just it all feeds into what we're doing now. When when you was doing them early gigs. You know, like you say, like your pals are at ass parties, you know, after school and you're going and playing like working men's clubs, which, you know, which can be potentially sort of volatile spaces once everyone's got a few, you know, a few beers and that in them. Was you a confident kid? No, not really. I were, I were always pretty shy. Still, I'm pretty shy. It's just, it just, it's just panned out that I've ended up being the singer in a band, but it's not like I wanted to be the singer from a young age. I always wanted to play guitar. But I sort of fell into this, uh, but I love it now. Probably, probably a lot more confident now. But like I, at school, I'd just be the kid. If you spoke to anyone who I used to go to school with, they probably can't say that much about me because I just kept myself to myself and like just, just dead. <laughs> I would, I would probably de- be described as one of them where I was sound, mm. but you couldn't really say much about me because I weren't like mouthy. Yeah, and I weren't, I weren't like a a weirdo. <laughs> it's weird. You get different groups in school, don't you? You yeah, get like you get like goths, chavs, mouthy kids, 
bad lads, cool kids. There's, there's, I'd say I were like in the group of cool kids, but not the cool kid. I'm just the, I'm just the one who's alright, but doesn't say much. I think they call them in betweeners. Yeah. Or an in-betweener. Used to get called an in-betweener. Everyone said I looked like Jay from In-Betweeners. <laughs> Love it. Um, track four. First song you remember buying from a record shop. This is the one I had trouble answering. It should be down as Eminem, Curtain yeah. Call, which in strictly true. I had trouble answering that one. And Brandon helped me on that. And so that's that's actually what Brandon got. The album I got, we can go with Curtain Call, right? But the album I got were a Simon Webb album. Well, his, his, I'd imagine it was his first album, Sanctuary. Who yeah. was he? Was he the dude in blue? Yeah. Right. Yeah. He had some good tunes, actually. But yeah, Brandon, Brandon went for Curtain Call. We got him from the same place and all. This is like literally the first record I can remember getting bought for me by my dad um, he got curtain call knock off albums as well like from a car boot yeah nice it was just in a sleeve yeah mate <laughs> <laughs> a piece of paper that they printed off love it um, yeah and I had that I had a Simon Webb album but played hell out of it don't know where it is now but um, yeah mean, that's mine you, you mentioned uh, searching for the Baby Shambles record on vinyl as you've got older of record shops become more important places for you? A little bit, yeah. Like, if, we, if we're on tour and stuff like that, and we've got a day off, I, I try and... I'll definitely try... If I see one, I'll go in there. Yeah. Um, but I'll try and try and have a look round. There's, there's a few things we do. Like, we'll try and find a snooker or well, something, or, yeah, go in, go in record store, and you can stay in there for a good hour. Yeah. We are getting bored, just like flicking through stuff. Um, trying to think of the last time I went in. I don't, the last album I ended up buying was uh, Hopes and Fears, that Keen record. Mm. I think I got it from Rough Trade in Nottingham. Is that that was a debut record, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, well, one with like somewhere only we know, and yeah, the green one we like. Yeah, it's got white bits on cover. This, yeah. the, them singles off of that record, just class, mate. We were supporting them, actually. Really? Yeah, a bit of a plug. That that came naturally, but um, <laughs> yeah, we supported them in, in, in Scarborough. Um, if I were any good, I'd have the date written down, but it's. I know it's not long. It's a few weeks. We supported them in Scarborough, that uh, open air theatre thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that should be good. Definitely going to stick around and watch them yeah yeah absolutely well for track five um i generally ask guests um for a track that soundtrack their years clubbing and i probably need to look at this this question again because you've you've sent me over an answer which again isn't the first time i've received that answer it's loads of people that were just working musicians that kind of replicated what you said of didn't really get a chance to do that because I was out and about gigging, and that's pretty much the case for you. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Just out gigging all the time. Um, occasionally, I t- <laughs> occasionally we'd, we'd get a gig 
this is when we're doing covers and stuff. By this point, we're probably playing a couple of his own, actually, but you get a lot of people coming up in working men's clubs and stuff saying, oh, can you play my daughter's birthday or can you play my son's birthday? And in early days, we took quite a few of them uh, and they were asking about DJs and stuff like that. And we used to just, as part of our service, go, oh, we'll DJ for you as well. So we'd plug a little iPod in and this playlist stayed the same for years and years. And like back then, what were popular one month or that year like if you're playing that same tune a year later it's like why are you playing that That's yeah old. and we just made this playlist of like loads of tunes like black eyed peas i got a feeling and stuff yeah. like that and rihanna and we didn't change it for like from from when we made it to when we stopped doing birthday parties and stuff so it was just funny like we'd be we'd be playing someone's birthday who might be like 16 17 who's like probably a lot more conscious about what tunes are getting played because they're, yeah. they're at that point where they want they want to be cool and stuff like that and we, we were playing like the oldest playlist <laughs> it must have just been embarrassing for them ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. But, I mean, you you, you know you, you talk about sort of like we we spoke about confidence and, and what you said there about you know we'd say oh, we're DJ as well you know and 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 you're proper young lads at this point and and so confidence aside you know and and aside from what you was doing then you've then gone on to have you know success in a really difficult industry so. Putting confidence to one side. Tell me about drive. Are you driven? Massively, yeah. I think um, it's one of them. It's, it's a weird industry. So for us, we're massively driven. But like, if you say you're driven every day and you and you you put some out on your socials, just like forcing it down people's necks, it's easy to. It's, it's an hard one to balance because the tunes have never been a problem, really, especially with this. This, the the new album we recorded last year, the, the songs are stronger than ever. It's more a case of like the hardest thing I find, which I don't really get involved in, is engaging with your fans and letting them know stuff. We are we are doing the editing, and it's it's it's, a, it's an hard one. It, it almost feels like these days the hardest bit is everything else, but the tunes. So I write the tunes, and that's not it's not really a problem. It's everything else, how you come across and 
if you if you like yeah forcing it a bit too much down it's it's an hard one to balance yeah. it's, and it's ever changing as well and like you mentioned earlier every everybody wants everybody wants everything now so like you've sort of got to be five steps in front all the time that's why we've started like our third album's not even out even though it's been recorded a year and, and we're already like well, definitely writing but like even starting recording tunes for the fourth album because we know in a few months' time, like when when the album comes out or when it's been toured and stuff like that, it, it quickly becomes just an, another album, an old album. When it's like, where's the new stuff? So, go be on it. But yeah, we're definitely driven. Definitely. I'm gonna take you home for track six. Favorite song from an artist from your home county, please. Right. What did I put for this one? Have a look. I feel like I put. No, I don't think I did that. You got a bit self-indulgent on this one. Did I put one of our tracks? Yeah, man. <laughs> what tune did I put? Uh, you went for falling. Falling. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's right. Honestly, like, like our hometown is, as I mentioned earlier, it might be like fifteen miles just outside Sheffield so we're just outside the, the main bit but where where I currently am um, there's no bands we, we were the for a while there might have been another couple of bands which were like cover bands um, we were the first we were the first there used to be a band actually back in 90s or early 2000s probably 90s who were still a club band round here, but like at one point they had a shot at doing, I think they did a couple of their own tunes and they were, everyone were like buzzing over them like they were going to be the next big thing. And, and for whatever reason, it never happened, but they're still, they still uh, play covers and stuff like that. And we always meet up with them and, and they've always been supportive of us actually. And since, since them to us, it's like there were no bands, like just people are not bothered. Um, so then we started kicking off playing covers and stuff like that. And then we were just filling clubs around here. Like, like I say, like 500, 600 people turning up. Just absolutely nuts. And we were only doing covers. And then we started doing a couple of his own tunes and that, that started catching on. Um, and then, yeah, then we saw a couple of bands start up trying to do what we were doing. And then they, I think they just finished. Both of them just like, we in a few months or whatever, a year packed up and called it a day and then we've just like kept on just getting out of this village and, and go, like going to Sheffield and then taking it all across UK and then started going to Europe and then even like we found ourselves playing in South Korea and Japan on festival slots and stuff like that so yeah there the, the literally is no one else around here doing it I don't know why it's just it's just a really small quiet village where everyone knows each other and it's just not really uh, <laughs> looking out a window while I'm saying it. But it's just uh, it's just not a thing around here. Yeah. It's only us. It's weird. Like sometimes when we get the gear ready, which is in like a lockup near here, there'll be people beeping on and just like waving to us. Well, I say everyone knows each other. Like who we don't actually know. And they'll be like, "When you're right, where, where are you going this week?" And just waving and beeping on and stuff. 
while I'm pushing an AC30 into the back of amp. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I think that's that's a really beautiful thing. The fact that it is such a small place, and and you know, and that level of support is there. That that's pure homegrown. I love that. But did you also feel part of the sort of rich history of what's fifteen miles away? You know, in in Sheffield and seeing the the kind of you know the history that that's got in in you know in music is is ridiculous. And you know, did you feel did you feel part of that? And do you yeah, feel part we, of I that? Think, I think we did feel, although like Arctic Monkeys were were a big. Uh, there'd never been a massive influence. A lot of people early days say, "Oh, it sound like Arctic Monkeys," but that's just like lazy reporting. If you if you listen to us and listen to Arctic Monkeys, we don't really sound anything apart from his accents slightly. Musically, I don't think we sound anything like them, but. Yeah, they're from they're from a place called Birdwell, which is like the Barnsley side of Sheffield. It's not far from where where we are, so I suppose seeing them made us think like it's possible. Like they're literally from from this place called Birdwell, or I Green, which is like near there. Um, and yeah, and you you see a band like that, they're they're absolutely huge now, aren't they? So yeah, you do you. I suppose you see it and just think, yeah, it's, it's possible. So long as you write good tunes, yeah, that's the main thing. And and then you can get people buzzing over your gigs and and people. As long as people keep coming back to watch you and they buy your records, it's it's there's no limits on on how big you can get. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask you to DJ again now for this last track and play Tastemaker, and uh, and this is your chance to uh, to turn someone onto something new. Uh, and for the last track, it's a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Yeah, it's a track called Every Day by Slade. Um, if you've not listened to it, listen to it. A lot of people, I mean, I shouldn't even know Slade, but obviously there's a, the famous Christmas tune that gets played every year. But like, not even that, Like a lot of stuff got passed down from my dad to me. And he's always been into Slade. Um I'm trying to think what that album's called actually. Um there's a red album. That's that's like probably the most famous album. That's a good good record. But yeah, every day. Um I'm trying to think when I heard that first. I feel like I've known that tune for ages, but I'd I'd imagine it must have been my dad that played it me. But it's just like a I don't I don't know if it were a single or if it's a popular one. I actually don't know, but um I don't think it was. It's a it's a it's a class tune. It's like a it's like a steady sort of tune. It sounds a little bit sad, but like Noddy's vocals on it are just insane. Melody's class. It's just one of them tunes where everything's mint on it. Lyrics are a beast. Um, I'm trying to think when I went on holiday. Actually, probably the last holiday, I was blasting Art Slade more than ever discovering new stuff and, and just sticking stuff on and then it just turns into your favourite tune but yeah I don't really know what to say about every day because I can't think I can't pinpoint when I first heard it and stuff yeah. it, it definitely have been my dad that played it me but it's it's probably one of my favourite Slade tunes I think anyone that likes guitar music you know should go check out Slade because it is easy to just think oh that's that's the dude that does the Christmas song and Aside from that, like as you said, like 
Noddy's vocals are fucking insane. They're so good. And and I think Noel Gallagher said, like, what was it? Uh, to quote him when he was asked about Slade, uh, they look like fucking Diddy men, but they write proper fucking bangers. And it's like, that's exactly that. Because I remember growing up seeing Slade and just thinking, what the fuck do them guys look like? They look fucking yeah. mental. Like, got Dave Hill's fucking fringe. Like... And, and obviously Noddy with his big chops and that just look mental and like, but the songs are just pure rock and roll bangers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they are. The class, proper class. And it's the it's same again. It all feeds in whatever you listen to. I listen to Slade quite a lot, and I don't know if it feeds into our music, but like I've been listening to a Slade tune and thought that reminds me of that Oasis tune. Yeah, a little bit, you know, just like a gu- guitar riff or something, and it it all feeds in. And Slade are, a, I don't know if the are they all alive and are they all are they touring? Uh, and stuff like well, that, well, Noddy Noddy quit Slade probably about fifteen twenty years ago. Dave Hill went out as, as Slade uh, or Dave Hill Slade. I don't know if he's still doing that, but he was doing that until maybe five years ago. But uh, yeah, Noddy's kind of not involved in it anymore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I would have loved to if I were around at the time. I'd be, I'd be watching Slade. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a wall of sound, wouldn't it, live? Yeah, it's his range as well. Yeah, <clears throat> his range is so so high like some of the notes he reaches is is insane yeah. we used to cover around Christmas time we obviously used to do the, the Christmas tune but like we we tried we've tried covering a couple of Slade tunes or like come on feel the noise and stuff like that and it's just like you don't realise until you start singing some certain Slade songs where you think Christ how high is this like his yeah. range is <laughs> insane yeah yeah um well, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast with all your song choices on, and, and obviously we put some of your stuff on there as well. Um, and as we sort of find ourselves out of lockdown now, and as mentioned at the beginning, gigs are happening again. Uh, the second half of 2021 hopefully will be a, a far more connected and and back to a kind of normal a normality that, that I think we've missed a lot. Um, so, with all of that in mind, what are you looking forward to personally from the rest of this year, and what's going to be happening professionally? I'm looking forward to as stuff opens up, going to a few gigs myself, um, hopefully getting away somewhere, and then band-wise, just yeah, just playing, playing a lot more gigs. We've obviously missed out on like what sixteen months pretty much yeah I think it was 16 months we played our first gig the other week at Tramlines Festival on main stage and I worked it out it had been like 16 months or, or just over since we played a gig which is like mental how was it? It, was, it do you know what it was strangely like for me on stage I thought it'd be just a bit of a shambles and not know what to say and stuff like that but it's like it was like riding a bike it's like got on stage. The tunes, the tunes were obviously going to be good anyway because we'd been practicing. It's not like we were 
not like we just turned up after 16 months and yeah. not even took guitar at all. But um, the, the only bit that was worrying me, but not worrying, but like thinking the only thing that's going to feel different is talking to crowd and what do you do in between tunes? But it, it's weird. It all just came back. Like I was talking to crowd and having a laugh with him and it all just felt weirdly back to normal. And, and tramlines were a government I don't know what you call it, a government pilot festival or something. So everything could happen as normal. There were no social distancing. You didn't have to wear a face mask if you didn't want. Um, and the crowd were literally just as a crowd were, just rammed on main stage, just a, a sea of people, yeah. which will be worrying for a lot of people. They'll just be thinking, oh, my God. But every, everyone had been, everyone had done what they can yeah. to get in uh, in a safe way. So it were good. It would. It would it was mad, to be fair. It was pretty... Um, there were a moment, I think, in one of tunes where I was just looking out and we, we had this long intro on Nobody Knows Anyway and we're just playing that. And I was just looking out thinking, this is nuts. Like, yeah. it's been so long since, we'd, since we've done... since we've played a gig, full stop. But, like, to come back and play on main stage, third from top, at, like, a peak time, there were thousands and thousands of people just out there watching us... Uh, we were absolutely rammed. So yeah, it was a special, special moment. But yeah, looking forward to playing more gigs. Um hopefully get his album out this year, get touring. Yeah, and like I say, see a lot of bands and just uh just more of the same, really, make up for lost time. But it's not been lost time because we made use of it, but it's been lost time as far as gigging. And in regards to gigs record releases and stuff where's the best place uh, for people to keep up the speed of the band uh, what the best place to find us yeah just all your usuals uh, Spotify we're on there uh, Facebook Twitter Instagram uh, whatever else it is we're, we're on them all but yeah it, just at the Sherlock's and then as, as websites at the Sherlock's music I think .co.uk yeah, and you can see you can see where we're gigging, new music coming out. Um, there's plenty more new music coming out, to be fair. We just dropped the second single, City Lights, from his third album. That came out last night. Got his first play on Radio X yesterday evening. And uh, Who played that, John? George Godfrey. All oh, right, nice. It's like a, I think he's like a new up, upcoming DJ on Radio X. Nice, nice guy. Uh, so yeah, just building towards the third album now. Wow. So it's nice to see, nice to see people buzzing over tunes. Blinding, Kieran. It's been a real joy talking records with you, mate. Thank you so much. No, no worries, mate. Enjoyed Cheers, it. Man. There you go. Love the fact. Love the fact that school. You just uh, a hard grafting covers band playing working men's clubs. What a place to earn your stripes. And uh, yeah, just just great. Love that. Love that kind of village vibe, that homegrown thing of, you know, when he said like, you know, slinging me amp in the van and people are just tooting, asking where we're off to. I just, I love stuff like that. And, and to be so close to the, you know, the hub of just insane levels of, of creativity that is Sheffield, um, all of that going in the pot to, you know, enable these lads to, to to be you know recording the third album at Rockfield you know hearing what it's like to be at Rockfield as well fantastic and um, as mentioned there's a documentary on the BBC iPlayer about Rockfield Studios that is a must see um, 
Yeah, so if you're not following the lads on the socials, um, then go and do that now. Um, we would have tagged them in all the, the posts that we've put on our socials, so go give them a, a follow. Go check out um, the new single. Uh, and go check out their catalogue. And whilst you're checking out their back catalogue, then uh, go check out the back catalogue of Off The Beat and Track as well. And, uh, yeah, I'll leave you to it. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me, Stu Whipping. Eat a